Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Shadows. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. We have a fantastic show coming up for you tonight. We're going to be talking about Our Cemetery is Haunted, kind of a walk through uh, a number of purportedly haunted cemeteries, different legends, paranormal investigations that have been conducted there, and other strange activity. And if they are haunted, why are they actually haunted? So we're going to get into a lot of these different things this evening. And I want to welcome back everybody to the Edge of the Rabbit Hole YouTube channel that we're just watching the Edge of the Rabbit Hole show with May Hernan talking about ancient mysteries of Ireland. The tour next year uh, that uh, will be going on July 1st through 9th in Ireland. Ancient Mysteries of Ireland with Mike Ricksecker, yours, yours truly. <laughs> uh, you can find more information about that uh, at uh, MysteriousAdventuresTours.com. Also, my website, MikeRicksecker.com. And uh, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic time. The spots are uh, filling up fast, only a handful left. And um, if you missed it earlier, go check that, go check through that rundown that we just had of all the amazing locations, all the different haunted castles, and uh, everything that we're going to be checking out there, uh, including there are going to be some ancient cemeteries there as well that we're going to be checking out. So that kind of plays into a little bit of tonight's Beyond the Shadows theme. But also, this episode Beyond the Shadows is brought to you by 100 Road Roast. It helps young ghosts. That's our coffee which you can find out at uh, hauntedroadmedia.com. You can find it on my website too, micricksecker.com. So it's, uh, it's great stuff. It's a dark Vienna roast. So if you're a late night person like me, have a little coffee. I'm actually drinking water right now. <laughs> and there's Quarantine goes down in the chat, posting the link to the itinerary. So uh, thank you very much again, Quarantine Ghost. So, all right, let's go ahead and get into... Uh, haunted cemeteries or purportedly haunted cemeteries and why they may actually be haunted uh we're going to kind of like ease our way into this a little bit i don't know how many of you actually got a chance to watch the uh mercy brown vampire legend video last night on the hunter road media youtube channel so this was a real treat we were out there at the uh at her gravesite, the cemetery in which she's buried um really really um you know, disturbing legend, and uh, you know the story's true about what happened to her and to her body. So, I was out there last weekend, not this past one, but the one before that, uh, with Carl and Keith Johnson. Absolutely fascinating weekend that I I had out there. Uh, more at the Conjuring House later on, like several weeks later on, um, and so I included about twelve minutes of our time in the cemetery there we're there for about an hour uh the patreon patron so patreon.com slash hunter road media uh you guys got the full you know it's a 31 minute video of basically i just sat back and and held the camera and i ended up letting carl interview keith uh both of them are a, are a wealth of information about the mercy brown uh vampire tragedy uh, but, uh, yeah, Carl interviewing Keith and it's just, I mean, they're identical twin brothers have been doing this for, uh, you know, six and a half decades. And, you know, so they, they play off each other real well. And it's just like, sit back and let them go. And it was a, uh, yeah, all the information and the story is fascinating, but horrific at the same time. So for those that don't know, and here's, here's Carl and Keith at the Mercy Brown grave, uh, basically, uh, the Brown family 
in Rhode Island was suffering terribly from tuberculosis. They didn't call it tuberculosis back then. They called it consumption. And basically, um, the mother died, the sister died. You know, it was tragic. Mercy ended up dying as well. And then Edwin, the brother, also had consumption. So George Brown was basically losing his entire family. And it got to the point where um, he just did not know uh, what to do, where else to turn. And there were others in the community uh, that had performed exhumations and, you know, bought into the Eastern European lore of, um, of these being, you know, vampires with, with consumption. And so um, what they ended up doing was, you know, people know about, you know, them digging up Mercy Brown, um, that she looked like she was still, well, they didn't dig her up. She was in a, uh, on the other side of the cemetery is what they called a holding keep where they actually stored bodies during the winter because uh, during the winter, the ground would be too hard to actually break into. They didn't have backhoes or anything back then. So they kept them in this other little building. And so they, um, you know, they had her mother, the sister, they got them, and then there was Mercy, and they went through all the bodies, and, and that's kind of a detail people don't really remember or realize, that they examined all of the bodies. Mercy was the one that looked fine because she was, she'd been frozen. Um, the mother was basically mummified. The sister, Mary Olive, was skeletal. So they look at... Uh, uh, Mercy, and they're like, okay, she's the vampire. Now, Edwin was sick at this time. He had been uh, sent to Colorado, Colorado Springs, to recuperate a little bit, kind of delayed things, was kind of interesting. Came back because he's feeling a little bit better, and he just fell right back into you know the throes of consumption. So they burned Mercy Brown's heart and liver, and from the ashes made an elixir and fed it to Edwin, as a remedy i know absolutely terrible um but this is kind of the superstition that uh they bought into now george brown didn't originally want to do this um he was talked into by many of the many of those in the local community and once this got out that this happened and even the doctor uh was like you know i'm i'm not cool with this but you know, if, if you compensate me, I'll do it. So basically, he did it for the money. Uh, but the news broke out about this. This was 1892. It's actually the same year as the Lizzie Borden murders. And, you know, this broke out uh, in the news across the country. And they have called Mercy Brown the last American vampire. Because once this, uh, once this news came out, uh, you know, people were horrified. And it basically kind of clamped down on... Uh, these type of atrocities that were happening. And so Rhode Island kind of became known as a vampire capital and, and things like that. Um, so this is, just want to show you guys, those that are you know, watching the YouTube, I know you won't see this in the podcast, but this is that holding keep that I was talking about. So basically her body was stored in there during the winter. And when they viewed her, you know, like I said, she had been uh, frozen, so she didn't really looked like she had deteriorated the uh, her heart actually uh, dripped blood basically the, the heart was defrosting because uh, it had been frozen so it it dripped some you know blood and they're like oh my gosh you know it's still 
you know, she's still alive and, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, now, the stone on which they uh, burned her, so there's a couple of, of, of theories. So one of the ideas could be that they just, they burned it right over here by the holding keep. And then there's also a stone over by her grave. And I don't think the photo I have here shows the stone. Let me see if it does. Um, so there's the one. Now, basically the stone would be to my right and behind me. So directly behind me in this particular photo, you see Mercy Brown, uh, her, her headstone to my right. Her sisters, Mary Olives, would be directly behind me and then basically um, to the uh, right of that, my left in the photo, uh, would be the stone that is the legend. Now, is the cemetery haunted? Because we're talking about our cemeteries haunted. Well, apparently, at uh, at some, bo- some point, some you know, many, many decades ago, uh, there was, it, there's a church that's right there. I mean, the, the cemetery goes with a church. And the family was there. They were having some sort of clam bake or whatever at the church. And there was a giant blue ball of light that one of her relatives said that they saw hovering over by her headstone. So whether that was spirit energy or not, we're not certain. Uh, Keith, Keith Johnson, uh, one of those fine gentlemen who was telling the story, uh, believes believes that. Uh, he has no reason to, to disbelieve the family member, um, also a very church-going person, uh, stating this. Now, there are others who have come forward in the subsequent decades saying that they have seen uh, Mercy Brown's apparition walking through the cemetery. And that's kind of become... Uh, one of the legends is uh, her apparition in the cemetery. But with that tale, we've kind of like come you know, way down the road here uh, to get to this point. Why would her why would her apparition, why would her spirit be haunting the cemetery? It seems, you know, if if she was, the only reason would be because, you know, her her body was essentially mutilated there. You know, again, a horrific thing to happen. But her life, you know, the, the places that she was most connected to were, you know, like her home. Um, you know, the, the places that she would frequent with family. You know, you could maybe even say the church. Um, you know, the church was, of course, there, but, you know, not, not right there next to her grave. So, you know... We'll have to kind of dig into this a little bit deeper, why a person may be haunting a particular cemetery. And there are different legends, uh, of course, of people seeing apparitions in cemeteries. And another one that I want to get into, and of course, those of you in the chat room, uh, please go ahead and throw down any questions that you have. Kenny Orton saying, Mike, it shows it in the video you made there. Um, we're talking about the stone. I, I guess I'm missing that. Okay. Oh yes, uh, we're doing Mondays now instead of Fridays for the uh, yeah for the weekly videos on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel. We're doing those Monday night instead of Friday night. Uh, we made that change a few weeks back. So 
Um, just doing things a little bit different out there now. Okay. So let's get into another story about an apparition at a cemetery. And this is Oak Hill Cemetery in uh, Jerseyville, Illinois. And this was, this was an interesting tale of a woman in black uh, that was uh, seen for, I guess, a spell <laughs> there during the early 1900s. And what was happening was she was seen walking the headstones late at night. And several people observed this, and, and it created such a stir that um, people were kind of lining up around the cemetery and looking into it. And several people saw this woman walking amongst the headstones. They didn't really know why, and then she would just disappear. Um, it's uh, one of those strange tales. Again, only happened for uh, maybe a couple of weeks, and then the activity subsided. And I've chalked this one up to, um, I, don't, I don't really think she was a, a ghost that, I, I've almost come up with my own little story about this. I mean, it's totally speculative, but let's say for instance that um, she was connected to somebody in there who recently died. Um, let's say it was a gentleman who had passed away and maybe he had a wife and family, and maybe she was somebody on the side. But of course, she couldn't go there and, and grieve while the family was grieving, because that would be, well, awkward, right? <laughs> It'd be a little inappropriate. So maybe she was going there um, after hours in the night, and yeah, she's seen walking through the cemetery, and you know maybe she's not actually stopping at his grave but passing by it and walking back and forth by it because again if she was to stop at that headstone and people are looking in and seeing her there again purely speculative so i don't necessarily think that one's a ghost but i find the i find the legend interesting um because again it lead it lends to the question you know why would a particular ghost be haunting the cemetery and you know, I've investigated a number of cemeteries. We're going to get into uh, some of my investigations here in just a little bit. But I've investigated cemeteries and have actually gotten paranormal activity there, or have discovered paranormal activity there. And I've, you know, there are times not necessarily even looking for paranormal activity, walk into uh, a cemetery and just observing headstones. And I didn't have time to, to uh, get this photo because I was running kind of late into the show because, you know, trying to figure out the YouTube thing this evening since they changed everything on, on that end. Um, and one other uh, cemetery there in the Illinois area, just observing on the ground the way a, uh, a set of headstones are laid out with this particular family. They have the, uh, you know, the father and the mother in the middle, the three boys off on the side, and then the two girls on the other side. The three boys, they all died very young, um, you know, just from a couple years old all the way up to seven, and, and that was it. They didn't make it. The two daughters on the other side, however, lived into adulthood, had full lives. And so I'm standing there making this observation. It's like, oh, wow, and, you know, saying this out loud. And then all of a sudden, hearing voices. 
and you know kind of getting tapped on the shoulder and things like that is you know it's like okay i thought i heard something over there you know kind of do the investigator thing you know okay you know there's somebody here etc nothing happened for a moment start to walk away and then like feeling the, the tap on on the elbow and stuff like that so it's starting to get some activity from just making an observation like that doing the research came to find out that their house was had been just down the road like i want to say a block although it was a country road um but really i mean i could have shouted down the road and if they were still alive still living there and if the house was still there they would have heard me that's how close it was so perhaps down there at the cemetery maybe their spirits are off over where they used to live and they take notice that somebody's over at our gravestones and there could also be there is an idea out there that those in the spirit realm when you are talking about them that they kind of get a little i don't know tingle for lack of a better term they they have an idea that somebody is talking about them so if you're at their grave site talking about them and they come in and check on you you know hey who's at my gravestone who's talking about me they come down and check it out so um getting some questions here from the chat so we'll, we can address these uh real quick thank you um quarantine ghost Sarah Youssef, what about the theory of sympathetic energy? So explain a little bit more what you mean about sympathetic energy. Um, I guess I'm not exactly familiar with the term. I mean, I could try to, to guess what that means. So if you're, if you're sympathizing with the person, perhaps they you know, connect with you on that level of sympathy. I mean, that could almost be what I'm talking about, and please correct me if I'm wrong. That could almost be what I'm talking about where you're um, making an observation like that and they tune in on you making that sort of observation. Um, you know, you could also, and, and maybe you witness something like, oh my gosh, here's a, a series of, you know, the three, like the three boys that are there, you know, and that's a very sad thing for, for three young ones to to go so, so early. And so um, maybe that, you know, that hits you at your core and they recognize from the spirit realm, you know, that you're having that kind of uh, connection or emotional reaction to them. It could be something like that. See, I guess the thing is, is that um, I don't necessarily believe that spirits haunt cemeteries. Um, there's really no reason for them to be there. It's their body that's there. I mean, I, I suppose if you're extremely narcissistic and you're like, oh, but I was so beautiful. You know, I, I I just I need to stay with my body. I mean, maybe somebody like that would, um, but I think they come visit is what ends up happening. Um, you know, they, their connections were to other people. Their connections were to places, uh, you know, uh, locations where they made memories and things like that. So those would be the places that they would would want to go to. Uh, maybe a particular object, and if that object isn't there at the cemetery, I mean, maybe somebody tossed the, the object in there with, with the casket. Many times not. They get passed down, um, you know, through the family. So for them to come to the cemetery, you know, if if another loved one passes away, and so they go, they know everybody's going to be there at the cemetery, 
to, to see that, that person off into the ground, so then they would come and visit. Uh, you know, that, that's one idea there as to why they might want to. Or like I said, if somebody's talking about them, hey, who's talking about me? And coming down and checking it out. And we'll get into a, you know, a, a couple other things here as we're going along. Um, Sharon Lane, what about uh, country cemeteries that are plowed over and bodies not removed? I'd be angry. Well, yeah, and that's that's another idea there that, um, you know, people may get upset about, you know, their remains uh, being disturbed or, you know, like you said, they're completely plowed over. Um, there's other ones in which um, we're about to get into something very similar in which the headstones are removed, but the bodies are stay are uh, stay there. And the, the cemetery is made into something else. So you know, there's a, a quite a large park in Denver that used to be a cemetery. It has some fantastic old headstones too. It is now a park, and so many people um, have experienced paranormal activity there. And it could very well be because these are disturbed graves. Um I'll get to some of these other questions here in a moment because I want to get into this this particular story now. Going back to Jerseyville, Illinois, this also happened. So we discovered, in doing an investigation of Cheney Mansion, um, you can see here on this particular map, we came across this map while investigating the mansion. Uh, you can see the, the lot there, A.M. Cheney. So it's like, oh, okay. You know, this is this is where uh, Cheney's house is at. And then there's Cheney's Edition, which is just a lot of, um, those are just houses, row houses. And then on the other side of that, it says Old Graveyard. Now, being in that area, it was like, wait a minute, there's no graveyard there. You know, I, I showed you the, you know, uh, photo from Oak Hill. That's further on down the road a little ways. And it's quite a large cemetery. But this thing, old graveyard, what in the world is that? So um asked our friend Carol there, who was running Cheney Mansion at the time. And, you know, she told us, yeah, yeah, there used to be a graveyard there. It is now a park. And so what they did is they basically plowed over the headstones at the park, got rid of them. Um, actually, for a while, you see that path that's kind of running there uh, on the left-hand side. Um the headstones used to line that path. They made they made a path out of the headstones for a little while, and you know that's no longer the case. They erected this monument in the very back corner of the park, away from. It, it, it's almost like, okay, these were the pioneers of our town. We still need to show a little respect for them, and that this used to be a cemetery. So we'll put up this monument it was way in the back, and up front there's a pavilion. Uh, there's there's kids toys that they play on like the slides and the swings and all that stuff there's a basketball court there used to be a swimming pool apparently the pool cracked and there's still bodies here by the way all the bodies are there the uh, the pool cracks they filled it in they put the basketball court on top so basically they're they're playing on top of the bodies so they put this monument in the back uh, to at least say it was here. Um, however, 
even with all this now in this photo like i said this is way in the back so all the stuff that i was talking about beyond those trees on the left if you walk down that path i was doing this one day a couple years ago and came across this small tree you see the uh you know the trunk of the tree there at the top but you see this stone coming through here and it looked like there was some weathered writing that was on it this is essentially a headstone coming up out of the ground it's like oh my gosh this is this is ridiculous um that you know these bodies were desecrated um you know they're still there in the ground you know people are playing on top of them crazy stuff the other thing as I was over there checking this out in the dirt nearby was this I don't know how well you can see that of course if you're listening to the podcast um, you can't see it but this appears to me now it sounds like stone if you kind of tap it like that but it looks like bone to me so it's i don't know if it's gotten petrified or whatever it is um those of you that have been watching uh hunter road media and edge of the rabbit hole beyond the shadows for a while you might remember this i still have yet to get it examined but to me it looks like a bone from that cemetery um yeah that is certainly a reason to haunt a cemetery if is if your uh, body and your grave has been desecrated like that you might be a little upset and maybe not even so much my grave but if my entire family was there and their graves were desecrated i'd be really upset about that um to, to know that you know hey my wife my kids you know my grandparents we were all here and you did this yeah i would probably be pretty upset so uh candy orton if i pass away before you i am coming to give you proof so be ready proof <laughs> okay uh cool cool yeah no i i do believe that uh, cemeteries can be haunted but i think there are specific reasons i just don't think that they're natively haunted that a, a lot of people have the idea well because there's dead bodies in the ground it's haunted it's like eh, that's not why there are reasons why people may want to come back to the cemetery and that's what we're kind of walking through uh betty Lange, so mike if they check you out can you imagine a history class with the dead checking out the lecture i always thought of this uh lincoln kennedy yeah you know i it'd be interesting to see what a lot of um you know people in history think about what's being taught about them today um you know, especially with the way these days that we are trying to forget history or rewrite history and so imagine those ghosts coming back now and being like are you kidding me but this isn't the first time this has happened in history either this has always happened that history has been rewritten 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 and you know who knows what we probably know like a, a very small fraction of what the truth of, of what really happened um you know throughout all time so uh tom mcnicholas says miss the cheney house in land need to go back yeah it's a beautiful i, I didn't include a uh, photo of the house it's an absolutely beautiful house um really enjoyed investigating there it's definitely a wonderful place 
Um, so, and uh, let's see, Julie Fett. I don't think they haunt it full time, but most likely pass through as they have the connection to their remains. Well, I mean, that that gives them a connection to that cemetery. And, and like I was saying, I think there's different reasons why they would come back. Um, you know, like if, uh, I mean, maybe loved ones coming to visit the grave, they may want to go, uh, you know, and see their loved ones who are coming to visit them. Um, or they know that other loved ones are going to be buried there. So then when somebody, when they gather around the grave, they come visit, you know, things like that. And, and those sorts of things uh, you know, make more sense. Or like we were just talking about the desecrated graves, they may be angry and, and you know, searching for the wrongdoers or, or what have you. So, or, or making their, um, uh, their displeasure known. So that sort of thing. All right, so, whoops, wrong button. So now here's, back in, um, oh geez, this is about 10 years ago. This is back in Oklahoma. This is a couple of nighttime photos from Earlsboro Cemetery. And you just see a couple of random stones here in the photo. But what was actually happening here at the time um, while I was taking this was there was a growl behind me in the woods. So there was a number of us investigating and off to the left of this photo were a number of the other investigators that were checking out an enclosure. Um, they were actually doing the EVP section and what happened over there. Uh, over here, these are actually some children's uh, graves and I wanted to get a photo of them. I was kind of off by my, off by my lonesome. From behind me was this growl that emanated out of the woods. So, growl at a cemetery. What do we think of this? Is, is this a haunting? Some sort of spirit or ghost? Is it a demon? Hmm, I don't know. Well, one of the guys there thought it was a mountain lion, which, you know, I, I kind of had a little chuckle with him, like, mountain lion? But... Not totally out of the question. We really have no idea what the growl was. Um, I didn't have a chance to get it. I do have an EVP of that growl. So kind of, kind of crazy. But what really is interesting to me about Earlsboro Cemetery, and I don't have the original picture because it's not, it's not my photo. Um, it was a photo uh, from somebody else from an earlier version of our team out there. And it was originally taken, I do have, uh, here we go. So it was a photo of this bush. This bush wasn't grown up as much in this particular photo that I was shown. You can see the headstone that's been covered over by this bush. Now in this photo, not this one that you're looking at now, but the photo that I was shown, um, from this cemetery of that bush and of that headstone. There's a really, really interesting light anomaly, for lack of a better term. When I first really seriously got interested in portals, and I had always been interested in things like um, time travel, multiple dimensions, but when I actually was like, okay, so straight up portals, doorways into you know other dimensions and worlds, realities maybe was 
a particular photo taken of that bush in which there was this light anomaly that extended outward in a rectangular fashion from this bush in the headstone. I mean, you couldn't even really see the headstone in the photo. This rectangular light, I don't know, almost like plasma extended out. And through that, you could see a room beyond. I mean, it, was, it wasn't like the cemetery at another time, um, unless it was looking into the future, perhaps, if somebody had plowed over the cemetery and built something there, like, I don't know, 100 years from now. Um, there was a room beyond. It certainly wasn't the cemetery years and years beforehand. If we were looking at, like, another point in time, it was another place for sure. Uh, just because you're looking, I mean, seriously, a doorway through this energy into a room. It's absolutely fascinating, and it happened there at that cemetery. So why at the cemetery? I really don't know, and there's, there isn't really anything special about this particular bush. You know, you're like checking it out. Okay, it, it's a bush. The headstone, I, I have another photo of, of the name on it. I can't remember the name on it, but it's not a special name. Um, you know, kind of a nondescript person. But, you know, is there something about the land there and the energy within the land on that spot that made this happen at that one particular moment in time? Very well could have been. You know, it was some sort of interdimensional play there. And so, yeah, this can happen at cemeteries. Um, you know, this is also a cemetery where you know blue balls of light have been seen and, and what have you. So there is an interesting energy there that may have more to do with the land than the fact that it's a cemetery. But with it being a cemetery and the energy that is brought to a location like that, you have to also keep in mind that an, another reason why cemeteries can have these different hauntings or um, what's a good way to, to say it? Um, you know, when energy is expelled and you witness something, um, energy is brought there by a lot of people who are very sad. They're very distressed. They're, you know, they're falling to pieces because a, a loved one has, has passed away and they're bringing this again and again and again and again. That's why when you go to cemeteries, they seem so somber. Um, you know, they seem desolate. They seem like extra quiet. And, you know, it's not just because, you know, people there are like, shh, you know, respect the dead sort of thing. It's because, you know, it, it seems quieter there than the rest of the land around. And it's because this this energy that keeps getting brought there by people again and again and again has really um, brought the the energy level of that entire location down. And so, you know, you'll have these moments in time where, okay, you have this buildup of this lower type of energy like that because that's what people have brought there, and something will kick it off. And a and we've talked about in a lot of different areas of the supernatural paranormal. We don't exactly know what the catalyst is to kick it off to be able to observe something. Like when we talk about stone tape theory or what have you, like it happens. Um, but we don't always know what that catalyst is. And so at cemeteries, with that energy that is built up there, 
in whatever the catalyst happens to be, boom, all of a sudden they see, you know, this, this doorway or boom, we see, you know, balls of light dancing around in the cemetery. We'll get to another phenomenon I've seen here in a moment. Um, you know, was the, was the Grala mountain lion or was it something else that got kicked off because they were doing something over by that enclosure that maybe was the catalyst for whatever that growl may have been. We don't know. Um, more questions here. Robert, Hannah, do you believe that Bachelors Grove Cemetery isn't haunted? It's the land itself. Um, well, you know, that photo is really compelling. So the uh, the Madonna of Bachelors Grove photo. So Dale Kazmarek's team that was there in, what was it, 1990 uh, when that photo was taken. So, you know, was that a... Um, was that an intelligent haunt? Was it residual? I and mean, was the apparition of a woman taken on the uh, on that stone? And Tom McNicholas is down in the chat. He could really talk about Bachelors Grove. He knows that uh, that area uh, much better than I and the different haunts that go on there. But um, I mean, there's different legends and stories about the um, um, you know the mob hits in uh, the bodies that have been dumped into the little lake there. Um, you know, the house that used to be over there, uh, right next to the cemetery. And then you go down the road and, you know, there's all these ruins back in the woods. You have to go searching for them. And, and, and Tom and I and um, Nick Moulet and uh, it was Eric Klein and his girl went back there last year. Around this time, it was last October, and, you know, found uh, some of these different things. And so, you know, you, you might have some some little hauntings back in there as well for, you know, families that may have once lived in those locations. So it's a it's a creepy, cool abandoned area back there and the old road and everything. So you already have that kind of, um, you know, that type of, um, again, I'm going to use the term energy there, you know, built up from just, you know, the abandoned locations, the stories, the legends and, you know, it's a very creepy, cool area. Uh, Sarah Youssef, uh, it makes me wonder when does a body stop being spiritually attached and return to just being dust? Well, that's interesting. So would that be um, maybe at the point of reincarnation? I mean, I, th I think your your spirit is going to know where your body is. Um I don't think your spirit is necessarily always going to care um, care to know where the body, I mean, or, or care that the body is still there in the ground, I guess, so to say. Um, I, I think when we have, you know, left this vessel that we're more interested in spiritual, spiritual things, in being more interested in connecting, if we want to connect back to people that are still alive, connecting with their spirit. Um, and yeah, your body's deteriorating, but you don't really need it anymore. So I think the only point in caring about it is, uh, again, I think we still have a certain reverence for the, the place that, um, that we've been buried, that our family has been buried, probably more concerned about our, our family than necessarily our own bodies. Um, and then, um, you know, like I was kind of already saying with, um, you know, people coming to visit and, and what have you. So, I think we're interested in those connections back to people and, you know, maybe a, a, a place that we hold with certain fondness, like, you know, um, you know, houses that we lived in, or maybe there were some special objects that we, you know, had a fondness to. And then I think once we, 
you know, have, have fully passed on and we reincarnate, then obviously, um, most of those connections are lost. So some people do still remember those connections. Um, and so in those, and that's a whole nother topic though, you know, that becomes very interesting. What connections do we retain as we go from life to life to life? Um, Alina, the fam question, Mike, when I had my first shadow person encounter as a kid, I realized we lived across from a cemetery. Do you think it might've been connected? Um, interesting you asked. So I do have a, uh, a quick story about that. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Sharon Lane, Mike, did you go to the Guthrie, Oklahoma cemetery? Yes, I, I went there, um, briefly and Sharon, you've seen the, um, You've seen the the Guthrie Ghosts and Legends of Oklahoma, right? I know you saw the uh, the one on the Stone Line Inn. That's how you found Hunter Road Media to begin with. Um, but the one on Guthrie specifically, uh, I do go to the cemetery there for Boot Hill and and the Legends of Boot of uh, Boot Hill there with Elmer McCurdy and, and and those guys. So, yep, I've been there. But Alina, for the uh, shadow person and the cemetery, a lot of people do report seeing shadows uh, within cemeteries, and I have as well. So we'll get to that here. And that is at uh, Dick Duck Cemetery. And I was scrambling to try to find my Dick Duck Cemetery photos. This was one that was used on a... Uh, oh, it was a... 2011 year in review collection so the photo of where i saw the shadow um which the shadow isn't in the photo but where i saw the shadow i could not find uh but this is well this is a group that i used to hang out with so um the original society of the haunted there's logan corelli uh kathy nance is holding the uh video camera she's the one that um was on The Haunted and My Ghost Story with me. My daughter's all the way in the background. And then her friend, uh, Lindsay, who was also into, uh, who's also a paranormal investigator, but another team there in the Tulsa area. This is called Dick Duck Cemetery. And I, I don't see the trees in this photo at all uh, where I saw it. But basically, what I had seen at this particular um cemetery were these small I, I for lack of a better term shadow cats they were about the size of a cat they kind of moved around like a cat like along the ground and around the trees uh, which I thought was really interesting so it, it does seem like there are shadowy forms that hang out I don't want to say hang out but do at least pass through cemeteries but I tend to think that um, shadow figures you know, kind of move about our world you know, all over the place. You know, whether, I mean, it, it could be a, a swamp, it could be in the mountains, it could be, you know, in your home, it could be down the street, it could be in the woods. I, I think they're all over for a variety of different reasons. So at cemeteries as well, you know, maybe they're, they're passing through. When it, com when it comes to like the shadow cats, um, in my book, A Walk in, in the Shadows, um, I, I make mention of the, uh, the Egyptians and how uh, one of their beliefs with cats was being guardians to the dead. So do we have some 
cat shadows lurking around cemeteries because they're guarding the dead. I, I don't know. It's an idea, uh, possibly, or you know, maybe it's something that you know, we have yet to figure out or even theorize about. So, But yeah, shadows can hang out at, at cemeteries or at least be there. Um, also at this one, you want to talk about, um, you know, energy, uh, and how really sad energy can build up. This is also at Dick Duck Cemetery when we were there at night one time, and it's really hard to read, uh, in this photo, and I couldn't, and this was like the best of a lot too, um, but the word across the middle uh, that runs straight across from one end to the other. It says half-breed. Um, and these were children. There was a whole line of them uh, that were that were there. These children's graves that said half-breed. So basically, they were half-white and half-Native American. And this is... Um, uh, you you get an idea of our the social climate at the time, which was you know really really sad, and so you know people that go to that particular cemetery and look at those graves, um, you know the energy that expels out of them um, is is very again very sad, um, and you real really feel for those kids, but. You know, you have enough people going there again and again and again. Again, this is an energy that builds up there at a cemetery. You know, and this is why, you know, these types of places have a lower, you know, have a lower resonance there. You know, thing, seeing things like this. Uh, Tom McNicholas, you need to talk about the witch grave at St. Omer's. Um, yeah, so St. Omer's, I, I don't have the photo up here. I, I, I didn't get around to, to getting all the photos that I wanted to for uh, for this particular show. I was um, <laughs> I was running right up to uh, the last minute. But St. Yeah, the Witch's Grave at St. Omer's. Now, that's an interesting one because um, it has a whole urban legend behind it. And um, it, it's, the, it's the one with the February 31st uh, inscription on it. And so the legend is, is that, um, you know, before she died, that she cursed the town and said that um, she would come back uh, on the anniversary of her death. And she had died, you know, February 28th. But on her grave, they put February 31st so that she wouldn't come back on the anniversary of her death and curse the town. The town did die off it is no longer there like at all um but basically she died of pneumonia um and she died of pneumonia like a couple months after her husband had died in a uh, lumber mill accident but these are the legends that have kind of been purported um a lot of people go there of course put trinkets and whatnot around this particular grave so you know are they enhancing this sort of thing at a cemetery because of the legend same thing with the mercy brown if you go back and you look at the mercy brown photos you see that a lot of people have left trinkets around there so are they in enhancing the energy of of that grave of the cemetery uh because of what they're doing by um you know by leaving these things there 
Are they are they manifesting that? Are are some of these things that are happening at these cemeteries because of these legends that have been purported over and over and over again? So they are you actually then manifesting that type of activity to come? Um, like the cemeterian stall that's supposed to be the gateway to hell or one of the seven gateways to hell. Um, it, has there been an energy that's built up now because so many people have you know, said that, hey, this is a gateway to hell, so are they actually manifesting that? Could possibly be. Um, let's see. Betty Lange. Okay, I have to ask. If cremated and ashes poured in different spots in different states, what does the dead person's spirit connect to for the body? Um, well, at that point, I don't think they would necessarily connect to a body. I mean, if that was like their wishes... I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they would be happy. Um, you hear about people wanting their their ashes, you know, throw to the wind or out in the ocean or, you know, in, in a special spot. You know, could it be, you know, um, you know, being dispersed in every state, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, you know, at, at that point, if that if that had been their wishes, they're probably fine with that. Um, and then they're not necessarily connecting to their body. So, um so when I was talking before about connecting to you know their body, like if they're they're in the ground, um, they know that they are there. Um, then they they have a place that they know that uh, loved ones may come visit. So if loved one comes to visit their grave, and they you know come and they're you know visiting with their loved one. Well, if your ashes are scattered all over the place, then there's no place for a loved one to go to. So therefore, you're not going to visit that loved one at a cemetery because your ashes are all over the place. So it's just different circumstances. Um, and and also, I don't necessarily think that people connect to their body because they don't really have a use for their body in, anymore. Um, their body, when it's in the ground, just becomes a um, place really for others to connect like I said, with the loved one coming to visit, or, you know, this is where grandpa was buried, so this is where we need to bury grandma, this is where we need to bury mom and dad, and so then other ones are buried there, and so that gives a connection only into the only to the sense that when those other people are, are buried there and the family comes, then you may want to come and see all the family gathered. Oh, let's see, Victoria Monday, one of my best friends was cremated and his ashes were spread all over Vegas. Teaspoon here is teaspoon there, quarter cup at Caesars and Tiki Bar. When you're spread out, how do you know where to haunt? Well, it sounds like, it sounds like he just liked Vegas. So maybe he's just like roaming the strip. You know, maybe that, you know, if he's still a ghost on earth, maybe that's all he's doing. He's just, you know, hanging out on the strip and... Um, visiting the casinos and maybe that was his thing I, you know um, you don't have to necessarily haunt where your where your body is um, yeah I, I think people generally haunt where their favorite locations were so if his favorite location was Caesars he's probably hanging out of the Caesars uh, a lot of people connect with like a former home or, or um, um, you know like uh, you know the old golden rod showboat showboat Captain Minky was um, you know, haunting the boat, you know, cause that was, that was his entire freaking life was that boat. So, um, yeah, so that was his, that was his connection. Um, you know, it, it kind of depends on who 
the person is and what they were connected to. You know, some people are such, you know, free spirits that they have no connection to a particular place. So, you know, they just, they go wherever. Or like my grandfather, when he was waiting for my grandmother to pass, he wasn't necessarily, he wasn't haunting a, you know, one particular location. I don't really think he was going to his grave at all. Um, he was going from person to person to person. He was looking for those uh, those personal connections with family. Uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't the house. It was he went to go visit my grandma. He went to go visit me. He went to go visit my aunt. You know that sort of thing. Um, Sharon Lane, how do the Egyptians feel about that desecration? Um, well, that's a good question. That's a good question. Because, um, yeah, we... It, it's tough. So, we unearth these tombs, and we take these mummies out, right? And then we put them in a museum. But we almost kind of have to at this point. Because we, if we leave them there... Well, then you have grave robbers get them. And that's what had already been happening. You know, when they found King Tut, um, you know, it, it was it was huge because the they, they had no idea that his um, that his tomb was there. They knew he existed, but they couldn't ever find him. Um, excuse me. So you know, in the Valley of the Kings, they had already found many, many other tombs, but they're all empty. You know, the mummies were gone, the riches were gone. There, there's, there wasn't a lot there. They were finding little bits and pieces and, and what have you, because grave robbers had come and you know desecrated the places, stole all their riches, and um, in in all of that. With King Tut they found the entire treasure trove and they found him and all that. So yeah, they had to remove him and other people that and other mummies that they found along the way, they've had to take because grave robbers would get them. Now, when it comes to you and I, I don't necessarily think that grave robbers are going to be going after us. So, you know, they're, so we're probably going to be okay. But these ancient, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of value in that, um, and, and perhaps we become valuable. Um, you know, I don't know what I want to say. You know, much later on, <laughs> when we're when we're a thousand years old, I don't know. Um, there's going to be a lot of us, I guess. But it's it's preserving history, making sure a lot of these. Things don't fall into the wrong hands. There's also people and organizations out there that believe that having having the mummy, having um, you know some of the items out of the grave, having some of the um, the old papyrus or the old tablets or whatever gives them ancient power, and so there's a uh, very dark. Uh, black market for a lot of these uh, antiquities, and so yeah, we are we are desecrating the graves, but in many ways 
they're doing it to preserve them as well. So it's uh, it's a strange dichotomy that they're having to deal with there. But um, I think we're about at our hour mark here. I'm actually trying to, to find in this new format here where our time is. Okay, it's up there. No, we got a little bit of time left, but... Um, yeah, that's, I think when it comes to, you know, the ancient bodies, for lack of a better term, but that's, that's the stance that they're taking with a lot of these. Now, there was one, um, it was a Native American boy, was in Montana, I don't know if anybody remembers the name of it in there, um, but they had unearthed him. They they did a lot of forensic studies on him, and they actually put him back in the grave. And so I guess you know maybe here in America that they don't think that there's going to be as much grave robbing for something like that. There weren't really any riches or anything with him anyway. Um, but that was kind of an interesting and a little bit different case where they actually reinterred him back into the original uh, location, where with these with these other ancient ones they're just they're just not. And they're not going to. Um, but it also makes you wonder about stuff like um, like the Paris catacombs. I mean, that was an entire cemetery that was basically unearthed uh, and then, you know, put into these old mines. Um, you know, what do people think about, you know, their bodies that are basically mixed up amongst all these others? Um, but maybe it's maybe it's so far down the road, hundreds and hundreds of years that those people have already reincarnated three different times and they have, you know, you know, no recollection whatsoever that they even had a body in Paris. So, all right. So I know it's getting down to the wire here. Um, Rick Gabber, what about the passengers of crew of the Titanic went down with the ship and died there because their bodies were lost at sea and hard to find uh peace not having a grave site being buried at either where there are there there actually is a uh titanic cemetery uh in halifax and that's where a number of the uh number of artifacts are a museum and what have you of course they couldn't find all the bodies um and some were still like in the titanic uh when they actually discovered it so um yeah i mean that's that's tragic so do you have ghosts haunting that location of the sea? You know, quite possibly. Is there a ghost Titanic uh, roaming the waters out there? And we'll be talking about ghost ships here, actually, uh, pretty soon on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel. Um, so, all right. So let's go ahead and wrap it up here, everybody. I do appreciate you hanging out this evening talking about haunted cemeteries and if they are haunted and why they would be.